You're listening to Resilient Forward, a podcast show to educate the public on the people, businesses, governments, and nonprofits working on resilient solutions and innovative strategies to our most challenging environmental issues. I am your host, Irela Bagué, a Florida native and environmental advocate. I have seen firsthand the impacts of climate change and its effects on our economy. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode and learn something new about the fight against climate change in our path towards a resilient future. Hello everyone, and we're here on one of our magical Miami days with beautiful sunshine, the water is crystal clear on Biscayne Bay, and we are so fortunate to be with the Miami Super Bowl host committee talking to Jackie Weisblum, who is the director of the Ocean to Everglades program. Thank you so much. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, talk to me about, um, you know, what the, the Super Bowl committee is engaged in, and they actually made this year's Super Bowl. Um, uh, the focus has been a big focus on the environment, and so we're so excited. So talk to us about Ocean to Everglades and that initiative and some of the goals that you guys set up moving forward as we head to game day. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, the this is Miami's 11th Super Bowl, so that is a record-setting number, and it also is the 100th season of the NFL. So we agree that there is no better wow. place yeah. to have this event but here in Miami. And when you're talking about Miami, you're talking about the Everglades and the ocean and the environment. And the beaches. And and why everyone comes down here for our sun, our sand, and our beautiful environment in which we are also privileged really to live. Um, So the Miami Super Bowl host committee saw this opportunity with the Super Bowl coming back. We have a variety of initiatives, but our big focus, our own independent program, Ocean 2 Everglades or O2E, focuses exactly on the ecosystems. And from what I understand, this is we are the first host committee to focus on the environment overall. Well, I mean, but it's it's just kind of like a no-brainer because if, you know, and, and those of you that, you know, have heard this pos- podcast before, you're always hearing me say the environment is the economy in Florida, and we certainly know that firsthand. Yes. Um, but talk to me about the partnerships that you've, you've got some really interesting partnerships. So you have environmental groups and then you have business groups. So, so talk to me about those. Sure. Well, with O2E specifically, mm-hmm. it is a partnership with the host committee, with Ocean Conservancy, and with the Everglades Foundation, as well as NFL Green. So NFL Green is a group and they've been running an environmental program for the NFL for I think over for over 25 years. And Jack and Susan Grow, who run that, are just terrific. And they really focus on a variety of community greening events, uh, material recovery. Tomorrow they're having an amazing Super Kids Super Sharing program where children can donate, gently use sports equipment, and other kids can come and collect it. Oh, and that's great. Children who are in need. So NFL Green has had this program running for 25 plus years. We saw this opportunity at the host committee to bring an NFL Green with us and then to expand our reach to not just talk about within the urban communities, but also use the opportunity to educate on our ecosystem. And like you said, our environment is our economy. 
So, so that's great. And, and uh, so there's so much going on, I yes. know, and you guys are super busy. I mean, we're, we're heading into game day. Yeah. And, um, but you're, you guys are, you're, you're really, you have some really unique um, sustainability initiatives around leading up to the Super Bowl. So mm -hmm. talk about some of those and, and then the messaging around that to, to people that are gonna come. Obviously, we're gonna be, you know, we're, we're gonna be packed jam with all these fans and people yeah. coming from other places. So um, talk to me, first talk to me about some of the things we're doing for the local community, mm -hmm. and then maybe some of the things that, you know, some of the messaging that we're putting out there. Sure, so, so many of our O2E events have been going on for several months, right? So we wanted to take the opportunity of seven, eight months out, a year out. The partnership, I think, started with Ocean Conservancy over a year ago. Um, and so some of the events that we've done, we've had several beach cleanups, highlighting the issue excuse me, of ocean plastic and single-use plastic. That's important right. messaging that you see all of the time, but to be able to work as a host committee, associate with an organization as esteemed as Ocean Conservancy sure. to highlight these, it's just extraordinary. So we've had several beach cleanups. Um, the Everglades Foundation, in early December, we celebrated Everglades National Park's 72nd birthday. That's right. Everglades National Park is a national treasure, right? Mm -hmm. We refer to it as, as the greater Everglades ecosystem as America's Everglades. So we took that opportunity on the 72nd birthday to celebrate with several members of the Miami Dolphins Perfect Season 72 team. Cool, that's so, so neat. Yeah, so, so you tied it all in exactly. together. Exactly. And, and with them, we also had elementary school children who have excelled in the Everglades Foundation's Everglades Literacy Program. So we're bringing together the community, school children, learning about the environment, our incredible sports teams, and our organizations who work tirelessly to bring attention to these issues. And we've been doing that for months. No, I know because I mean, I, I'm on Twitter and I, I see every other day you're having something. So <laughs> something fun and interesting that you guys decided to, to do, mm -hmm. which is, um, and, and you know, for those of you who don't know and are listening to this, all the issues that we have, um, all the challenges that we have in our environment, um, exotic species yeah. is one that we've been fighting for quite some time. And we are, you know, in our waterways and even in Everglades National Park. So you guys decided to ta take on the python challenge. Yes. And um, and you you actually did a python bowl? Talk to me about that. That's like it's really interesting. <laughs> it's actually ongoing. Ongoing, and, okay. And, and to our, you know, what we discussed, which is here's the opportunity with the Super Bowl in Miami to talk about the challenges we have, but also the opportunities we have to remedy the problems that we have created. So exotics is a perfect example. Certainly the Python Bowl, I'll also let you know in terms of our ocean, we also sponsored a lionfish component of a local fishing tournament because lionfish are invasive species that are right. causing problems in our reefs. So, so that was our so ocean. So describe to me what, what, what folks are doing like in this Python Bowl. What are the goals there? Like, do, sure. they, do they like win prizes or is, yes. there, is there some kind of yes. like, because it's a bowl, you know, like the Super Bowl, yeah, there's no, a winner. No, of course. And, and you know, the Python challenges have been going on for years. Sure. The F, you know, the Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission and the district have been doing this for years, but really not enough people know about it. So the objective is to get the messaging out. 
We've had at this point, I think over 660 people registered. Those are people who might also, in addition to going out, they might just want to be supporting. So if they're not going out to hunt, they want to support the effort. And so we took this opportunity to say, we have this problem. I mean, we've created mm -hmm. this problem. We need to clean up this problem. And more people need to understand it so that perhaps they'll make better decisions in the future. Like don't buy a python and then Nobody. not be able to you know, maintain it in your home because it gets too big and then throw it into the Everglades. Correct. So now we're trying to promote, <laughs> exactly. So now there are these pet amnesty programs. We want people aware of it. It's not just the python. There's the tegu. There's so many sure. exotics out there. And we're working so hard to save the Everglades and to restore water flow while we're sitting here and the native wildlife are being exterminated yeah, by these creatures. Our beautiful creatures. water, you know, wading birds and, and, you know, all the alligators. I mean, we've yeah. seen horrible photos of like, talk about a bull, an alligator and a python. Yeah, come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So again, it's about the messaging. I, I am confident that in these 10 days of the python bull, we are not going to ex remove all of the pythons from the Everglades. However, the knowledge, the education, there's tremendous power in that. And it's important for us as wildlife advocates to recognize how important this is for the native wildlife. It's unfortunate for the Burmese pythons, but we need to remedy this issue and manage it as best as possible. And I know, and so this is great that you're, you know, you're, you're just highlighting and showcasing this because so many people are, will be engaged and I'm, I'm sure you'll be talking about this, um, you know, to all the fans and, and, and I know that everyone's following you guys on Twitter, which is great. Um, the lionfish also, since you, let's talk about the ocean for a second, yes. the lionfish is also an exotic that's yes. like wreaking havoc to our, you know, beautiful fish, like, 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 like native fish. Um, populations here in South Florida. What what did you guys do there? Because I know that it's a you're, you're, you they fish and then they cook them and I, supposedly they they taste really good. I haven't had one. I've been told that as well, and I fully support using the resource that we have to collect and remove for beneficial purposes. So yes, with the lionfish, um, we actually down at Super Bowl Live, which is our seven day fan fest at Bayfront Park, we're gonna have a culinary stage where they're gonna have a variety of different shows and culinary sessions. One of them is going to be a lionfish culinary session. Very cool. And Frost Science is going to in, provide an intro where the representative is gonna talk about the lionfish and the issue with this. So That's hunt lionfish, Eat the lionfish. Eat the lionfish. Absolutely. You know, or Use ask for it resource. in your ask for it in your menu and in, in your restaurant, exactly. in your favorite restaurant. And then, like you know, maybe your chef will be like, "What?" Right. <laughs> so you'll be educating <laughs> your your chef too. Right. <laughs> I, I understand it can be a little daunting at first, but you can certainly be taught how to prepare the lionfish so you're right. safe. And yeah, here's the opportunity. Let's utilize that. Make better judgments at the grocery store. Opportunities around the corner, everywhere to improve how we interact. So you're talk to me about then these act, act, activations that you're having on sure. Bayfront Park, right yes. next to Biscayne Bay, my favorite place in the world. <laughs> um, what uh, activities do you have focused on, you know, the Ocean to Everglades um, initiative? Absolutely. So just so you know, I was at Biscayne Bar Bay, excuse me, Biscayne Bay at Bayfront Park two days in a row and I saw dolphins. <gasps> 
You see? It was magic. It you was a see? sign. Oh, a sign. That's a good sign. <laughs> exactly. That's a good sign. It, a good sign. It, it makes me feel better because it, it is plagued with a lot of water quality yes. issues, like every other water body in, in South Florida right. or in the state of Florida. But right. um, let's get back to your fun events. Absolutely. So down at Bayfront Park, we're having Super Bowl Live, and that will be open between January 25th and February 1st. We're going to be dark on the 29th, and there, it's a big fan fest. I mentioned the culinary stage. There's going to be a ton of activations, but most importantly, for us, there is Environmental Village. Yay! So in Environmental Village, there are going to be several activations. Ocean Conservancy and Everglades Foundation are going to have these huge spaces where they are going to invite people in to talk about all the messaging that we value. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have FWC and the district have a joint activation, I believe, where you're going to be able to see a line fish and python. Ooh. Yes, okay, on site. Sounds very good. Yeah, DEP is going to be there. And then we also have several other partners who have come in. Uh, Footprint, which is a company that sells sustainable serveware, which will actually be used. Oh. So that promotes our sustainability effort to reduce or eliminate the use of single-use plastics on site. And then we also will have MSC Cruises. And MSC Cruises is also very supportive of coral reef restoration. And so they're going to be on site to talk about the value of coral reefs. Yes, and, and, and how they're rehabilitating these poor corals exactly. that have been um, pretty plagued with a very serious disease, and we're trying to get a handle on that. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of people engaged in that. Absolutely. From the federal all the way to the local. As local, there should be. As there should be. Yeah. No, it's a, it yeah. was a crisis. Well, it still is a crisis. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you're actually educating folks on, on what's going on. And um, so game day, yes. you know, what kind of green initiatives? And I know that the, the, the committee is engaged to lead up to the Super Bowl. Correct. And then, and then the NFL takes over. I understand that. Right. But obviously, there's NFL green. So are there any um, things that the fans could be expecting that, you know, as far as environmental messaging or activations within the actual bowl right. game itself that day? So not to my knowledge, mm -hmm. uh, that's something that they keep very close to the NFL. I certainly know that the Hard Rock itself has taken the issue of single-use plastics very seriously. They announced a campaign last year to eliminate 99.4% of single-use plastics. And so there's a lot of information about that out there. And you're going to be seeing aluminum cups, um, amongst right. many other things, at the Super Bowl. So kudos to the Hard Rock and the Dolphins for valuing our environment. They are nestled right in the middle of the ocean and the Everglades. Absolutely. And uh, there's a reason so many fans love to come down here when their team plays against the Dolphins because yes. Miami is beautiful. Well, they're great partners, I have to say. Yeah. They've been great community um, leaders, I mean, throughout their, particularly the Dolphins, throughout their entire, um, you know, that the entire time that the club has been in, in, around since yes. I, was, I think I, I think I was a little kid in <laughs> maybe elementary school. <laughs> no, but, but they're terrific, and that's and that's what we want to see, right? We want to see everyone getting better and improving upon and influencing other people to do better. So while we are the first host committee to have its own environmental program to focus on a lot of these issues we hope someone else even does more and by the time it comes back we can shine a light on even more problems and, and challenges know, and opportunities it's gonna come back yes. this is our 11th super bowl exactly. and the reason why is like it's oh my god this is the best time to be in miami Absolutely. the weather's beautiful the people i mean we've grown so much the people are great 
Um, we have so much commitment from our, our leadership, from the elected leadership, all the way to the, our community leaders, and our, now our environmental leaders are in, very much engaged. So, so um, what better place to hold a Super Bowl? Absolutely, <laughs> I could. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And um, and that's and what you said. The partnership point is so appropriate for what we're doing here at the host committee because we have gotten so much support from every level of within our local communities between Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach, focused on this, supporting this, support for the environment, support for the game, sure. and it's everything that you would want in a Super Bowl, frankly. And, and, and a shout out to the city of Miami and the city of Miami Gardens because they're basically the, the local hosts, mm -hmm. you, you would say, of this huge event, and yes. it brings so much economic development to our community as well helping us become a resilient community at the same time, which is, you know, obviously we, we focus a lot on resilient solutions. And, and you know, hosting large events like this is a great solution to, yes. you know, helping us become a resilient community and showcasing all the beautiful things that we have here in Miami. Um, thank you so much for being here with us. And we usually end the podcast with, um, with a question we ask everybody that we interview. Um, what does resilience mean to you? Oh, it means so many things, so many different issues come to mind. Um, so resilience in my, in my world in terms of the environment, it's partnership, it's collaboration on every level to ensure that we live in a, society, a sustainable community, that we support one another through the changes that are happening, and that we support sound decision-making that incorporates our natural environment as well as our urban communities. That's beautiful. <laughs> you, we always get very interesting <laughs> answers, so that's a, that's a beautiful one, that, and it's a different one. I haven't heard that one before, partnership, and, and you're right. Um, well, thank you so much, Jackie, for being here. Thank you to Oceans to Everglades and the Miami Super Bowl committee, um, host committee because um, you're great partners and we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about this important game. Um, and, and I'm not gonna say who I'm rooting for yet because <laughs> you know we don't know yet. But <laughs> well, I thank you so much for your interest, your support of our work. It's really meaningful. And we hope it, in terms of the environment itself to create a legacy of learning and understanding that promotes decision-making that is good for all of us because as you said, the environment is our economy. There you go, yeah. we'll leave it at that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we are so fortunate to have with us on Resilient Forward, in addition to like a second part to our interview on, you know, the Super Bowl in Miami, which is so exciting. This is our 11th Super Bowl. Yes. And, you know, as I, as I spoke to uh, Jackie from, Oceans, from Ocean to Everglades, um, it's the perfect location for Super Bowls. Absolutely. For the, for the, for the end of time, I think. <laughs> We would want to think that, yes. <laughs> of course. So Gloria Garces is a, not, not just a, a, an amazing uh, communicator, but she is a good friend. She's a Chica Power friend of mine. Yes. And she is so, I'm so fortunate that she was in, in the office, so we took advantage of her. And, I was um, adopted into the Chica Power clan how many years ago? Oh, yeah. I felt very, very proud. <laughs> so, uh, but Gloria is working with the, um, the Miami Super Bowl committee, host committee, 
and your title is very long and yes. but yeah but senior director corporate communications and public affairs okay and so but you are very engaged in dealing with all the communications and all the messaging that comes out of the host committee Correct. leading up to game day yeah messaging everything that's external facing as well as government relations and community relations yeah and the beautiful thing about the host committee Irela, is that and something that we never think about, right? So you get an opportunity to work for an organization like this and you think, okay, what do I really know about football? And all of a sudden you notice that everything that you love to do, which is to be able to use a platform, a huge platform like the you know, most watched single day sporting event in the world to be able to leave a lasting legacy in your community and you go, oh wow, I'm definitely in the right place. That's so nice. I it's know. Amazing. It's so exciting. It's amazing. And and thank you so much for taking the time to be, you know, to talk to us because, you know, I couldn't let that opportunity pass by. Thank you. Um, we have this podcast and it's all about resilience and resilient solutions. And I see events like this that come and into I'm our... And I'm going to do a, par a parenthesis. So okay. Irela's the one that got me into the resiliency board of Miami-Dade County, remember? Yes, yes. So she's been <laughs> wanting to pull me into this realm for a while. But, you know, resiliency <laughs> means many things. Absolutely. And, and an, an event of this nature, of such magnitude, brings so much economic development and opportunities to our community. Yes. And that's part of resilience. It's not just about, you know, the environment. There's so many aspects of becoming a, a resilient community. Correct. And, um, and I know that you're working with many facets of our community. Absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about you know some of the initiatives that you're working on with with certain cities because there's city of Miami and then there's a whole city which is the city of Miami Gardens and there's a lot of things going on. Yeah. Well, I mean the host cities and counties. I want to say this is a, an interesting case because. Super Bowl in South Florida is the one that has been hosted, right, for 11, 11, now 11 times. But we work with Miami-Dade County, Broward County, Palm Beach County, and this is something most people don't know, that this is a tri-county effort. And yes, there are three main cities that are our partner cities, which is Miami Gardens, Miami City of Miami, and Miami Beach. And this is great because it's where most of the events are happening. Now, every county has events as well. So there's huge opportunities for the community to be engaged, to enjoy and experience, you know, what Super Bowl brings because it's not just the game. It really is everything around it. And I'm so glad you brought that up because regional, working regionally, you know, and, and you know, from Palm Beach all the way to Miami has been something old and new. Now we're so much more connected because we Correct. have the Brightline trains. Yes. And I mean, it's just really exciting that people can come from Palm Beach, visit Miami in a day, and I do spend it all the, the day, time. and I do it too. I go it's back amazing. and forth, and I just love it because we're we're able to experience other communities and other you know other places. You know, you know, we're never going to be bored in this region anymore. Uh, and so we're so interconnected, which is great, and I'm so glad that you all. Um, are doing that. Correct. So we've partnered also with Brightline. They're an amazing partner of ours because it has that element, right? So it has that, that environmental sustainability lens that we're putting to everything Super Bowl related. But again, talking about the community, so what are we doing and why is this such an amazing platform? We decided to, there are two, we can say, let's say two pillars of, the, of community efforts that are, are traditional. One of them is the legacy projects, and this is something that the NFL Foundation is very involved in. Every host city gets money to be able to do capital improvement projects in their city. Nice. So there's legacy projects, and this year we've done five legacy projects. Two of them are we are refurbishing or fixing the fields in a couple of schools. We're, we're 
changing or renovating parks and then also the Miami Lighting Project, Baywatch, uh, Bay, Bay Lighting Project. That that's what Bay it's called. Lighting Project it's is, sounds amazing. It's beautiful. It's, it's, and then for those of you who don't know, it's just lighting up our, our beautiful downtown park, yes. Bayfront Park. And it's a collaboration with, with FPNL, I understand. Yes. And, and it goes, and really goes all the way almost to the PAM. Yeah. So it's beautiful. And so we were involved also in that. And thanks to the parameters of the legacy project, we were able to speed up the process for this project to actually get inaugurated because every single legacy project has to be up and running for Super Bowl. That's, right. That's so you so, so basically so you'll get the money, but it needs to get you, done. You have to put shovels in the ground yes. right away. I get it. And it's and, a beautiful and, thing. You and know. so Bayfront Park will be all lit up. Bayfront Park will. Bayfront Park will be the epicenter of all things Super Bowl celebration. I love it. Because for the first time ever, we're going to have a free-to-the-public fan festival that's going to take up 14 city blocks. We're going to have concerts. We're going to have VIP experiences, family activations. We're going to have, I mean, all kinds of things. Yes, and Jackie said we were going to have an environmental village. The environmental village inside Super Bowl Live. So, I, I mean, I truly encourage the community to take advantage of this. There are other things going on that are going to be around town. They're all paid events. This is the only free-to-the-public event, and the Miami Super Bowl Host Committee hosts this. So we're putting it together. Last year in, Tampa, in Atlanta, um, it was really NFL on location. So it was an NFL entity that put it together. This is the first time the Host Committee takes it on, so we want to blow everybody out of the water. <laughs> And we're going to have water shows, so it's going to be amazing. How Miami is that? No, it's going to be incredible. That's Parades. We're going to have a Caribbean parade with all kinds of things. A junk canoe. I mean, we're going to have a Latin parade, concert, lots of community acts are going to perform. So I think we have over, I don't know if this 30 or 40 community acts are going to be performing. And community acts meaning local performers and artists. performers, artists, dancers, everything. That's fantastic. We really wanted to show the diversity of this town. I mean, if there is a town that is diverse and we're all so, I mean, celebratory of our diversity, we love it and we want to showcase it to the world. What better platform than the Super Bowl to do it? Absolutely. So Bayfront Park, it's going to be great. And then the other, you know, we can say traditional community initiative, it's called Business Connect Program. And the Business Connect Program, our chairman likes to say he's the one that started it. <laughs> we don't really know. We haven't been able to fact check that, fact check we'll that give, one. We'll give Rodney that Barreto one. credit for that. We'll give Rodney he's done credit, such a great credit job. Credit for that, absolutely. Um, so the, the Business Connect Program used to have a different name, and then the NFL kind of took it on and became a bigger, a bigger deal. But basically before, the NFL would come into town and bring in their vendors mm, for everything right. Super Bowl related and we said no 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 you need to hire local and that's really what the business connect program is and i would encourage all of those minority owners uh, that you know not even small businesses big businesses we don't care as long as you're minority owned women owned lgbtq or a disabled veteran you can go through the process of the business connect program get certified to be an nfl vendor and then you go into a resource guide that the nfl and every single company that's coming into town to produce a show uses that guide to hire local. That's fantastic. It's amazing. And this year we processed a little over 2,000 companies. Only, I think it's a little less than 300 made it into the resource guide because it's not that easy. I mean, the parameters mm-hmm. sure. are, are, are there for a reason. Right. Um, but at least these companies have access or have the opportunity to bid you know, on on different contracts, and it's amazing. For it's products amazing. and services and, and All so kinds forth. of things. I think there's and 130 categories. 
Wow. So there's plenty to... So, so this is precisely what I was getting at when I was talking about resilience. Correct. Because this is an aspect of, you know, getting people, getting people jobs, getting people, you know... really, Really, you know, incentivizing our community and, and providing, you know, an opportunity Correct. to engage in something that is, you know, local and also so international. Correct. And we've seen stories, so we were filming these vignettes about uh, Business Connect, and it was beautiful to see stories of people that have been part of the program in previous Super Bowls. There's this one man, I don't remember exactly his name now, but it impacted me because he was part of the Business Connect program in 2010, in the last Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And he, then the NFL took a hold of him, they loved his services, and he, in 10 years, his company has grown exponentially. And I mean, it, now I think, I believe it's like in the hundreds of employees. Wow. Thanks to the Business Connect program. So anything we can do to just bring, you know, abundance, opportunities, and open doors for our community, I think it's a phenomenal thing so, to do. So there you have it. You know, I mean, if you're if you didn't get in the program this year, don't worry because there'll be another Super Bowl Absolutely. in Miami. I get hoping I can, in about five years. I can we'll guarantee you because the weather is so spectacular this time of year here in Miami. And my advice to those of you who own companies and are minorities like us, you know, we're women yeah. and we own our companies as well. Um, it's to be aware the moment that the Super Bowl gets announced that it will be in Miami. Hopefully, 2025 will be the next time. Two years before that, so that would mean you know three years from now. Be aware, put it in your calendars, and be you know aware that this is an opportunity so that everybody can get in, everyone get can get certified or at least try to get certified and take advantage and, of the opportunity. And give me some examples of some of the products and services. All kinds of services. Right. So catering services, transportation services like limos. I mean, all kinds of transportation right. services. Right. Um, photographers, makeup artists. Art designers, like set designers, uh, carpet, lighting. carpeting, lighting. I mean, right. it is incredible. Printing. There's lots of printing that goes on. Really? Okay. Yes. Like for example, the NFL sets up. We cannot say where, but they set up their their headquarter hotel. Mm -hmm. And in the headquarter hotel, this one Business Connect program vendor sets up almost an entire floor of printing machines wow. to print out things, you know, sure. for the week. So yes, I mean, there's lots and lots of opportunities. Food, there's tons of food vendors. This year, the NFL made it a point that their their tailgate party, their famous tailgate party, yeah. it's all the vendors are all local vendors from the Business Connect program, That's all the food vendors. So it's again, it's incredible. Performers, mm -hmm. I mean, all kinds of, there's tons and tons, tons of things. Tons. So there's lots of opportunity. Get Even in early. Planners. Get in early for the next Super Bowl, people. Correct. There's a lot of uh, and uh, you never business, know, business you know, opportunities here. Sometimes you might think, oh, maybe they won't want this. I would encourage you to try to get in regardless because maybe they haven't thought about it and your sure. product is exactly what, what sure. they would need. Sure. Flowers, you know, I mean, all kinds of things. There's truly, I mean, 130 categories, so it's it's amazing. And then the other two initiatives are what we <laughs> what we call our very brave initiatives. One is the one that Jackie was talking about, Ocean to Everglades, and you have all the information on that. Um, and then the next one, it's kind of like the first time that a host committee has taken a very loud, very strong stance against human trafficking. Yes. And we have put together a Stop Six Trafficking Initiative together with the state's attorney's office, the U.S. attorney's office, um, the organization that's helping us lead the efforts is the Women's Fund of Miami, of Miami-Dade. And we've gathered together, and I'm co-chairing that initiative, we've gathered together more than 300 nonprofits that wanted to do something around the Super Bowl to combat human trafficking. Now, why is this important? 
Um, nonprofits have been doing this not only for the Super Bowl because oh, it's not just the Super Bowl that attracts this kind of activity. It's kind of like a magnet. And mind you, Miami, and I, I, li I like to make this parenthesis because it's important to know, it's not because the Super Bowl is in Miami that we have human trafficking. Miami is the number three in the United States in terms of human trafficking. Right. So it's a huge, huge problem in our community. What we're doing is we're using, again, the platform of the Super Bowl to create awareness and to utilize it as an opportunity to develop processes for a quick response between the the you know like the governmental entities and the person that's calling like for example whatever service whatever phone they're reaching to right so before people would call this number or that number and the other then they would get transferred to a different and number. these would be people you know that are victims that are trying to get not assistance necessarily. or Sometimes people reporting both both. You have both both so imagine if you're trying to get assistance and you have a chance to escape your captor right and you don't have you, you don't know, have time time to be sent from one number no, to the you don't next have time. to the next to the next the same for someone that's getting a tip it's already uncomfortable enough to put someone in in that position right sure. i mean it happened sure. to my daughter and i once we actually reported something um, because my daughter has an organization that helps um, survivors erase their tattoos because the, they get right, branded by right. by the traffickers right so she knows and she recognizes she recognizing the, type of the tattoos. Type. and we were right. in a store once and she saw a girl with a lady with an older lady and she goes mommy that's a trafficking tattoo and i'm like no <laughs> you know, right. so we went to the bathroom got the number that's in the back of the stalls oh we called God. it in we didn't stick around to see what happened but again if you have to wait 20 minutes you go you know what forget it right so what we're doing is we created, we now have a number and it's a 305 fix stop. And it's the first time that there's a number that you can actually call and text. So you don't have to stay on the line. You can literally just take a photo of the situation. In our case, it would have been easy. We take a photo of this lady and the girl with the tattoo. Mm -hmm. You know, from far away, yeah, take yeah. the photo. You send it to the number. You say, we saw this person, you know, suspicious activity, whatever. Right. And you say where. Yeah. And that's it. And you're done. See something, say so, something. Correct. And, and it is so important because we can really help out. Uh, one of the things that happened in Atlanta that it's encouraging us so much in our efforts this, this year, and we're working with the same organization, the organization it's called It's a Penalty. And they use uh, athletes to create awareness around the issue. One of the things they did last year is they put these hanging round, um, around the, the visors, the, the, the visors head, the, in the car, no, in the car, the, oh, yeah. the mirrors, the rearview mirrors. I'm right. sorry, in Spanish they're called visors. In the rearview mirrors, they hung these cards that have some of the key signs. And it says, if you see more than three of these combined, it could possibly be an exploited person or someone that's being trafficked. Right. Call this number. So we're doing it again this year. We're training um, rideshare drivers. Right. So we're training them. We have processed more than 10,000 volunteers to go to all the events, and these volunteers got human trafficking uh, training as well. So they know the signs and they and they know what number, you know, what to do. So there's really an army that's going to have a lookout, so that we tell the world that our women, our children, are not going to be trafficked. They're not going to be exploited, and it's going to be an incredible opportunity. And, and it's a huge community watchdog type approach. Absolutely. And you know, when I've heard the uh, state attorney. Um, Catherine Fernandez Rondell so passionate about very this. passionate because you know I mean she hurt you know she's a woman I mean and and, and not to say that you know men aren't engaged obviously uh, you have a, a big host committee full of men but but um, they have taken this as, as, a, as a project but you know we have a particular vulnerability <clears throat> when it comes to things that are affecting 
you know, women in yes. general. And, yes. and you know, the, the stats are there, the data is there. And when I hear her speak about this issue, you know, you would never know sometimes just by looking at somebody or passing Correct. somebody by that they're actually being trafficked. Correct. And sometimes it's very hard to get them out of those situations to begin with. Um, there's so many issues. It's, it's, a, it's a daunting task. It really is. Um, but, it's, it's but it's becoming easier if, and if someone would just, again, text, yeah. send the photo, send an image. And she says, she says that when big events like these come to town, and it could be a big concert, it could be anything. Super Bowl, it could be anything, that there, the, it goes up. Trafficking mm -hmm. goes up, incidents go up, the reporting goes up. Correct. So it's very important. So say that number again. It's 305-FIX-STOP. So okay. fix, we're fixing to stop this, right? So, so fix, stop. Let's try to fix the situation. So, you know, see something, say something. And if you're not sure, don't ma it doesn't matter. You just do it. Correct. Just, you know, Correct. you never know. It might, I, hopefully it's a false, a false alarm, but chances, but hopefully are, we can chances are based people. on the data that I've seen, some, most, most likely it's not. Yeah. So, so hopefully we can rescue some people. And what I was saying about Atlanta is that one of these drivers, these rideshare drivers, saw some of the signs. He was picking up this gentleman at a, at, at a home that had been rented with, and he saw that he was with different girls. And he mm. said, oh, there's something here. And he reported it and six girls were rescued. Oh, wow. So yeah. So it is that important. I mean, yep. if we do this entire effort for six girls, for one mm -hmm. girl to get and, rescued. And, we're and boys, because there are boys, boys too. too. And, but we're talking about the ages are just any tragic. I yeah. mean, from like, I, I heard from like 12, and too. even younger, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's just it's sad. just it's just very very something that we that I am proud that our host committee took on, yes. and hopefully we'll do a lot of great work even post because it'll definitely generate a lot of interest no, to the organizations that are on the ground every day. You know, I mean, I've heard stories that you know I mean we have to do a whole podcast on that, um, but you know these organizations are on the ground you know with limited funds yeah. most of the time just putting these things, putting these um, rescue attempts together. Correct. And, and they have to deal with tons of hardships to do it, and they do it, which is definitely something so commendable, and I applaud them. I've been there because I've been engaged with this for a long, long time. But the good thing is next year it's going to Tampa, right? So it's the first time that there's a Super Bowl, two Super Bowls back-to-back -back in the same state. So our plan wow. is that this same model gets replicated in Tampa and hopefully it lives on to other hosts. Absolutely. And Absolutely. one thing to say is that the efforts don't die here. None of these community efforts that, that we're doing are dying after the last whistle is blown. These efforts will live on and they're gonna stay in our community. I mean, the impact of the Business Connect program obviously stays in our community. The impact of the Legacy Project stays in our community. The impact of the anti-human trafficking efforts the number, it, it all will live on. And there's already you know, funding in place and, and processes for this to live on. So we're very, very grateful to have such an enormous platform and be able as the host committee to say we're, we're truly impacting the community in this way. So again, the Super Bowl com host committee of Miami is doing amazing things and really grassroots um, you know, at its finest. Absolutely. But we have a lot of great committed members on that committee. We do. People that have been stewards of our, you know, of many issues and, and, and have really done great things for our community. So we're, we're very proud of that. And um, anyway, but back to, 
you know, the event itself. Back to the partying. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to know more, follow <laughs> us on social media at M-I-A-S-B-L-I-V. <laughs> And you can find out about everything, but yeah, there's so much going on. I know, and game day, oh my God, that's gonna game be. Game day is gonna be exciting. Um, one of the things I like to tell people, it's the fact that when we hear about these big events, the first thing we say, we start complaining about the traffic. Oh, the city's gonna be terrible, oh my gosh, the traffic, mm -hmm. da, 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 da. You know, who cares about the traffic when <laughs> there is so much economic impact that's gonna come in, into our communities. I mean, I wish that we'd at some point would have a little elevated view mm -hmm. and say, well, thanks for huge event. Thanks to huge events like this, our taxes stay low. We get to. I mean, we we live off of tourism, and we as, get as some really and we get some really cool infrastructure projects out of it too. Cool infrastructure projects, cool opportunities to party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tons of exposure. I mean, yeah. we are trying as the communications team to do evaluation of the the uh, the money that it would impact. cost us as a city, as a state to promote ourselves the way that you know the, with the level of promotion that we get around the oh, Super Bowl and it is it we can't no we cannot even measure it i mean already we're surpassing you know tourism numbers mm -hmm. already yes. you know th the last two years have been unbelievable and, and, and the amount of tourism that we got we have great tourism boards throughout in all the con the counties they're so effective and yeah. i applaud their efforts their so despite the traffic issues, yeah, we're, I, still, I mean, we're still killing it when absolutely. it comes to tourism and, and fun things to do. And um, so thank you so much, no, thank Gloria, you for, for sharing um, some of the amazing things that the host committee is engaged in. We're very fortunate to have this event for the 11th time. Yeah, record. A, it's a record. In, a, record in, in history. And I have to say, you know, come, enjoy the sun, the fun, yeah. and, um, and the environment. Correct, and talk about resiliency. The NFL is celebrating their 100th season and they're celebrating it in our town. So we're calling the world to come live it Miami and I'm calling Miami to live it with them. Thank you so much. We always end the podcast with a question that we mm -hmm. ask everybody. What does resilience mean, mean to you, even though we've already talked a lot about it? Mm -hmm. Um, but personally, what does it mean to you? Well, for me, resilience, and it's really more than the community, but whenever I think about resilience, I think about women. It's my person, that word to me, it's about women. I have seen so many women go through so many difficult situations and no matter what, they rise up to the occasion, right? So, I mean, we were, we were joking at the beginning about the chica power, but I think there mm -hmm. are so many, you know, chicas out there that I just encourage you to, to work on that, to be resilient and that you got this. We do you got seriously. This. You got this. and you and I have had yes. many, many, many an occasion to yes. to uh, rise up and um, correct. And, so and for me, and bounce and I, back from and adversity. Correct, and I, t I know we talk about this, and it's kind of like the word of the last you know few years. And but for me, it continues to be resilience. It, it it makes me think about these amazing women that I have in my life, and women that I admire, and women that I that I want to encourage and to empower. Well, thank you so much to another Chica Power amazing Yay. woman. Thank you so much <laughs> that you've done an amazing job for the host committee in communicating and, and, and the work that you do and continue to do for us in, in Miami. Thank, thank you, so. Gloria. Thank you, Irela. She rocks, people. <laughs> <laughs>
Don't forget to like this episode on your favorite podcast platform and share with your friends and colleagues. If you would like to know more about Resilient Forward or join us as a guest, please visit www.resilientforward.com. Join us next time. And remember, our environment is our economy. Thank you.